Praise the Lord. Please let's rest on our feet. Amen. How many of us you are married to Jesus here? And you are enjoying the marriage relationship? Amen. So we're going to sing a song before we go to the message. I'm married to Jesus, Satan, living alone. I'm married to Jesus, Satan, living alone. My husband is coming to take me away. Oh, John on earth here is but for a moment. Our true living is in eternity with you. And we are excited because we are married to you, Jesus. What a wonderful husband you have. The husband that cares for we, his wife, at all moments. You never slumber nor sleep. You are there for us at all times. And you promise to come take us home. You are busy building on our behalf. Jesus will bless you. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. All that you have given us, they are from you. And we turn them back unto you. In the name of Jesus. This morning, within this short period, 
Deliver your word to your people. Deliver your word to your people. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. If you are excited, you are married to Jesus, put your hands together and clap your hands. Amen. As you take your seat. Amen. We give you praise. Lord, we give you praise. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Today, by God's grace, we are going to be concluding the three series. Part one, part two. This will be the part three of the topic, Jesus is coming soon. Are you prepared? I'm going to be fast. So please, catch up with me. We have to be skipping some text. Jesus is coming soon. Are you prepared? Part three. In part one, the major focus in part one was we were able to establish that whether the world likes it or not, Jesus is coming back. It will not look it from the news, from what is happening, from what you have, but the truth is Jesus is coming back. And we said, two ways it will come by rapture or when you die. It may come by rapture before this message is over, or if you die, if it decides to take you home, your own Jesus has what? Has come. And we establish the primary requirement for you to make it to heaven if he comes. Say you must be born again. And we said, according to Hebrews 12 14, you must have your two wings. Well, what are they? Holiness and peace with all men. These are your two wings you are going to fly to meet Jesus. Holiness, righteousness. We have been stressing this for long. You must be holy. And you must be at peace with all men, including those that don't like the way you dress, the way you do things. The Bible says, be at peace with how many? All men. Uh, in the second part, we treated how do we prepare adequately for his coming. And our text for the two has been Matthew 24, from verses 30, 35 to 44. In the second part, we said, to prepare for Jesus' coming is a command. He said, be watchful. And also, we need to prepare because the devil will do everything to deny us from going to heaven. Devil is committed to hell. The only one person that cannot repent in the world and the universe is who? The devil. He can never repent. So, his own is filled. But you and I, the devil will do everything to drag us to heaven. But I decree that none of us will go with him in the name of Jesus. And we look at the warning about the seven churches. What you need to say about these seven churches is that they thought they were ready, but when God exposed them, when they revealed who they were, they discovered, no, they are not ready. They were ready in some parts, but in some areas they are not. But the Bible says, if you are able to obey all the law, but you miss only one. What happened? You have missed how many? All. And we look at how do we make adequate preparation. And we look at the illustration of Jesus in Matthew 25. After he gave the teaching that he is coming back, then he gave two illustrations. We consider one illustration on that day. And that is Matthew 25, 1-3 about the ten virgins. Five wise, five unwise. And we said, the five that were wise, they are born again. In fact, all of them are born again. 
and they have two wings, all of them. But the fact that our wives, they ask something extra, and we say that is what we call contingency. Preparing for the unexpected. And the Bible says, because the master delayed, all of them slept. You will not sleep in the name of Jesus. They slept, and when the master came, the fact that our wives, because they have extra oil contingency, they were able to make it. And we said, to have extra oil means to pray more than others, to fast more than others, to worship God more than others, to seek God more. They must call you names. That Are you the one that killed Jesus? Why is your Christianity like this? See your friends, they are serving him. We know them. They join us to do anything, anyhow. We go to clubs together. And they are still Christian. But you? No. You have to be distinguished. You have to go extra mile. They must call you names. Because they call Jesus names. So if they have not called you names, you have not started. And we said, where these five virgins, because of what they had, and the master came, those that were poor and foolish virgins, they said, can you share your heart with us? But they said, sorry, we cannot share it with you. And do you know what that means? I cannot share my extra oil with you. I cannot share my own contingency with you. And you cannot share with me. No. Individual have to get his own extra oil ready. Please make sure you get the tapes, the CDs. It was on 14 June and 19 July. Today, we are going to focus on what do I do while waiting for Jesus' second coming? Remember, we have said to that, you, are, you have the primary requirement. You are holy, you are born again, your two wings are functional, wonderful. I will say you need to have extra hold. But between now and when it comes, which you and I, we don't know, what do you do to ensure you are ready? Remember the white five virgin, they slumbered and slept, which means... Extra oil does not guarantee that you will not slumber. Extra oil does not guarantee you will not sleep. The five vegetables that have extra oil, they slept, they slumbered. And the Bible says in Matthew 30, 25, But while men slept, his enemy came and did what? And sowed tears among the wheat and wet his way. Open with me to Luke 19, 12 to 13. What do I do? While waiting for its coming. After I am holy, I am pure, I have my two wings, I have my extra heart. You are praying three times, you are praying, you are fasting, good. What do I do? Luke 19, 12 to 13. It says, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, What? He said what? Occupy till I come. And that is what God is asking you to do. Between now and when he comes. Occupy till I come. Yes, you are born again. You have your holiness. Yes, everything is wonderful. You have the extra heart. You pray, you fast, you worship God. But are you occupying till he comes? 
When you read New Living Translation, it says, invest these plans that I've given you. For while I am gone, invest. Are you investing the resources God has given you? Or you are making need to be idle? In Amplified Version, it said, buy and sell with this while I go and return. Buy and sell. Occupy. Invest. And NIV says, put this money. Do you see that? Put these resources to work until I come. The Bible did not say sleep or slumber or be complacent or be an onlooker or be idle till I come. All you need to occupy till he comes. All you need to invest till he comes so that you'll be fully prepared for his coming. They were all prepared and given to you before you were born. In Jeremiah 1, 4 to 8, the Lord said, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Hmm? Which means, before you were conceived, before the marriage of your father and your mother, I already wrote down, this is what you are going to become. And that is talking about you. It said, I formed thee in the belly, and before thou comest out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nation. See, the truth is, what you see us do in the world today is just a drama. We are just acting a drama that has been written before we were born. And when you read further, the man of God, Jeremiah, said, Oh, I cannot speak. Verse 6. And then I said, Ah, Lord, behold, I cannot speak for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of the offenses, for I am with thee to deliver thee, said the Lord. However, as wonderful as God has packaged your resources for you before you are born, the fulfillment of that plan and purpose starts the day you give your life to Jesus. How many of you believe with me? If you have not given your life to Jesus, you are on your own. I will give you an example. Steve Jobs, a wonderful man. He invented smartphone. By God's grace, I'm preaching today with only this iPad. Invented by that man. Yeah? We all have smartphone. He invented it and we are benefiting from it. But the painful part of it, he gained this world. But what? He lost his soul. He began a Christian, ended up as a Buddhist. At the age of 56 years. Now, all those inventions, wonderful things that you and I will enjoy. The man is busy, cried in hell for eternity. Now, compare 56 years in this world. And he did wonderful in the circular. But eternity where? The Bible says in Mark 8, 36, what? For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the old world and lose his soul? God is the best businessman in the whole world. 
In John 3, 16, he gave his only begotten son. And because of that one giving, what happened? He won you and I. Billions of people. The best businessman in the whole universe. God does not waste his resources. And when he gives it, he gives it according to your individual capability. In Ephesians 4, 7 to 8, it says, But to every one of us, every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. We are so ever said, when he ascended up on high, he led captive captive and gave gift unto men. And the first Peter 4, 10, so as every man, every man, every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same to one another, as good steward of the manifold grace of God. So are you using that gift he has given you? Or that gift is kept under your box? So every man has been given according to individual grace to use it to minister to one another. So no room for competition. No room for complaint. God has a purpose for your life. And he gave you gift to accomplish that purpose. God gave you the gift to accomplish that purpose. But the question this morning is, have you discovered that gift? If you have discovered it, wonderful. Then what are you doing with it? Are you using it for personal gain or for kingdom gain? Have you abused your gift like Samson? I'm going to be happy giving you a question for you to think as you go home. Have you abused your gift like Samson, like Gehazi? You know their story. If no, if you have not discovered the gift, it is not God's fault that you have not discovered it. It is whose fault? Your fault. It is your responsibility to discover the gift by studying the word, by waiting on him. God, until you show me the path to follow, I will fast until you show me. It is your responsibility to discover it. So don't say, I don't know, I don't know my gift. No. It is not God's fault. Who fault? You. Jeremiah, Isaiah, Jesus, Paul, Peter, they discovered their purpose and they lived for it. Brethren, urgency is required concerning your gift. Don't delay. Do you know why Jesus finished strong? Jesus finished strong because he was focused on his purpose. At the time, they said, Jesus, you want to make you king. Come and be king over house. He said what? Oh, please make me king. Is that what he said? Because he knew kingship is not his purpose. I said, no, I can't be a king. I am called to be a prophet. And so he fulfilled purpose. Many of course, you are in agony today in what you are doing because you are on the wrong path. You need to go to God. Go, where is my part in this assignment? Where is the gift you have given me for me to occupy till you come? The truth is, when you are not in the line, the purpose of God for your life, it is a life of frustration. It's a miserable life. In John 5.17, it 
Say, but Jesus answered them, My father walked either to and I walk. And that is why Jesus will be able to, to make it to heaven. We are safe to walk and not to be idle. Hello? Just like my friend said yesterday. He said that you are safe is not an excuse that you are going to heaven. No. You are safe to multiply, to dominate, to be what God wants you to be. Then when you appear before him, say, welcome thou good. A what? Faithful servant. You must be blessed and so you must be a blessing. Are you a blessing to your world? You are to be earthly useful and heavenly focused. In this end time we have, the church is positioned to be the one to redefine riches for the world. To redefine purity, holiness, politics, accounting, everything for the world. But is the church playing that role? Are you playing that role? Brethren, your office is your pulpit for the Lord. What are you using your pulpit in the office to do? Do they even know you are a Christian or not? Can they identify you with Jesus? And you say you are ready for heaven? No. Occupy till I come. Whatsoever God has given you, opportunities, resources, being in Oman, the position you have, they are meant for God's purpose, which ultimately will make you to be a disciple of all nations. Go ye and make disciples of all nations. All of us will not be pastors to preach in the church, but all of us are pastors in our place of work. Where you are living, you are what? A pastor. Are you showing Christ to them or you are showing devil to them? This is a warning for us. Please don't be busy working contrary to the purpose of God for your life. Please don't, please don't. It is frustrating. God's judgment when he comes back to judge us on that last day when he comes. His assessment on the last day will be based on his purpose, on his assignment, and not on what you decided to do. As a lecturer, when you give your children outline, and you give them exam. You said, children, write A, B, C. And they decided, no, we are going to write Y, Z. What will you mark them? Zero. God is going to judge you based on what you called you to do. You are holy, you are righteous, wonderful. But are you carrying out the assignment he has said you should do? Are you occupying, investing the resources he has given you? As your life not become a platform for devil to flourish. What are you doing with your God-given gift? The talent he has given you, what are you doing with it? Are you keeping it unused or you are maximizing it? God is counting on you and I. In Romans 12, 11, we say, Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Not slothful in serving the Lord. Not being pushed to serve the Lord. But eagerly doing the work of God. Eagerly possessing your possession in your office. Eagerly doing God's will wherever you find yourself. They say, ah, you are, your home is different. Oh, you say, oh, it's different. Because I serve a different God. Why are we not taken to heaven immediately we are saved? I'm going to answer that question. 
If the person that preached to me, the moment I got saved, the man died. Or I died. Will I be able to preach to you? So you are kept alive for you to occupy, to invest, and not to be idle. In Philippians 2, Philippians 1, 20 to 26, I won't be able to read it. But let me just read verse 24. Paul said, but for your sake, it is better that I continue to live. Knowing this, that I am convinced that I will remain alive, so I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. Now I want to ask you this question. Have you justified why God is keeping you alive? Does God have reason keeping you alive? Ezekiel was told you are going to die. But Ezekiel said, oh God, I can't die. Remember what I've done for you. What can you refer back to? With God appear, you are gone today. What have you done with what he has given you? And occupy till I come is occupy till I come back. There is no summer break. There is no recess. There is no break. When you get home, read Matthew 25, 14 to 30. Matthew 25, 14 to 30. It's the further explanation of Jesus Christ. And he used the ten, the ten talents he gave it to three people. Two people traded with what they were given. And God said, Welcome, thou good and faithful servant. Thou art working and holy servant. But one of them said, No, he hid it. He kept it. The man was a perfect storekeeper. But he was a failure as far as business managing is concerned. He was ordained to be a managing director. To trade with that one resources. But decided to be a storekeeper. What God has given you, what are you doing with it? Are you hardworking with it, investing with it, or you are hiding it? It's going to, you are going to take account, give account of what he has given you. Praise God. I have to hand here. Let's pass upon our feet. God is more interested in how you trade with your resources, more than the volume of the resources. You know that why that one servant kept the resources is doing like many of us we are doing. Oh, I don't know how to do this. This brother is doing. I cannot do it. I cannot do. There's no way. I don't have the gift. But the little gift you have, you are not using it for him. He said, "Until you are faithful in little, who will commit unto you greater riches? No matter how small God has given you, you are to use it for His purpose." If you fail to use it, it's not an excuse. Now remember, when you read the story, the last part of the story says, this servant that refused to multiply, it was thrown to where? Hellfire. And the other two that multiplied, what happened to them? They were allowed to multiply, to stay alive. Do you see the secret of long life? Many of us, we are alive today because of the sacrifice. Some people have paid, and we have paid. What do you have to justify God to keep you alive? What have you done for him? When you are a profitable servant, you are guaranteed that you are going to make heaven. I can assure you that. You will be preserved from worldly influence. And you will be preserved from untimely death. Are you a profitable servant? 
or you are in an idle servant. You are here, you are not born again. Every eye is closed, I want to pray with you. Please rush to the front right now. You know you are not born again. That's the first step for you to make heaven. You can be doing everything like Steve Job. If you are not born again, hell fire. That's the truth. I will enjoy what you did. But at the end, eternity in hell. You are here, you are not born again. I want to help you. Please raise up your hand. You know you are not born again. You are far from where God wanted to be. You are still struggling with sin. One sin today, another sin tomorrow. So I don't know, I can't help myself. God wants to help you now. You are here, you are not born again. Please raise up your hand. This is the last part of this message. God has already said to that. I'm not going to take the rest of that part. You know you are not born again. Please raise up your hand. I want to pray with you. If nobody, then my hand is washed of anyone that is not born again here. You have heard this message. If the Lord calls you and you don't make it, it is on your own. Because God has said, go preach this word and I've preached it faithfully. It is left for you. But within me, I weep because of you if you are not born again. Because I want you to make heaven. Now the rest of us, I'm going to pray two prayers. Say, Father, please keep me strong to the end. Help me to finish strong. Like Jesus finished strong. The Bible said of Paul, begin to pray that prayer. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have been profitable. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. I have remained faithful. Say, Lord, help me to finish strong. Help me to finish strong. Help me to be a profitable servant. Help me to multiply the gifts you have given me. Grant me the grace to occupy till you come. Help me to be busy for you and not busy for the devil. In the name of Jesus. Shall we just thank the Lord? The Lord is good. And again, he has reminded us that he truly is our God. He truly is our Father. He is concerned about you and me. He is concerned about every single person in this room. He wants every one of us to make it to that place where he is building mansions for us. Hell was not meant for you and me. Hell's occupancy has been decided. Let's not add to it. In Matthew 24, verse 42, it says, Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. And in 44, it says, Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Be ready. Be prepared. This is not a matter to be taken lightly. But as you remain prepared, what are you doing? Are you using the talents God has put in you? What picture do your neighbors see when you talk, when you walk? What's the picture of an attitude that you paint in your office? God is aware of everything. 
And today God is telling us, be prepared, be ready, but keep working. Keep doing the task that I'm asking you to do. God has put talents into every one of us. There is no one here who can say that I do not have a talent from God. Because if you are saying that, you are making God a liar. God has put one, two, three or more talents into each one of us. If you haven't used it, use it. Once again, we make a call to those who don't know the Lord. You want to receive the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior. You say that you have heard enough. Yes, you want to give your life to Christ. Once again, you have an opportunity. If you are that person, I ask you to come front. I ask you to come front if you are that person who says, yes, I want to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to secure my tomorrow. If we are those who say that, yes, our future is secure, let's say, let us all say today, Lord, use me. What talent you have put in me, use me. I don't want to sleep and to slumber, but I want to be used. Father God, we thank and praise you, Lord. Father God, you have spoken to us again, Lord. Father God, we just want to thank you, Lord Father, that you are so mindful of us, Lord Father, that you do not want any one of us to go astray, Lord. And Father God, we are grateful for that. We give all glory to you. We thank you, Father God, for your minister who you have used this day, Lord Father. We pray, Lord Father, that you will continue to minister to us through him, Lord Father. You will continue to teach him, Lord Father. You will bless him and his family, Lord Father. That they will continue to minister unto us, Lord. We thank you for this time. We give all praise, honor, and glory to you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Before we say the grace, just two prayer points. We'll pray quickly. Number one is for Pastor Paul. Pastor Paul's dad went to be with the Lord. The funeral service will be taking place in few weeks time. Let's commit Pastor Paul into the Lord's hands. Let's pray that God's peace will be with him and the family. There are arrangements that need to be done. But let's pray that God will give him the peace, the comfort, the answers. And let's pray for Pastor Paul. Will you all pray for him please? Father God, we thank you Lord Father that you are a God of timing Lord Father. In your time, you take your children, Lord Father. And this time we have known that it is you who has taken the dear dad of Pastor Paul. He is your servant, Lord Father. Father God, I pray, Lord, that you will give him the peace, the calmness, and understanding, the answers, Lord Father. And Father God, you will be with him. You will be a friend to him at this time, Lord Father. You will encompass him in your bosom, Lord Father. And tell him, Lord Father, that he is not alone. You are there with him, Lord Father. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's also thank the Lord for the brother of Brother Claudie who's gone through surgery, uh, doing well. So let's thank the Lord and say, Father God, we just commit him into your hands. And we pray, Lord, that you will perfect the healing which, is, which you have already gone through with him, Lord Father. We thank you, Lord Father, for the successful surgery. We thank you, Father God, for taking care of him, Lord Father. And we thank you, Lord Father, for the people you have used at this time.
We give all glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you all.